This week on I Watched This as an Adult Movie Reviews, I review the 1985 adventure comedy, The Goonies. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Meet Mikey. I gotta go to the bathroom. Brand. Andy. Shame, shame. Oh, come on, Brand. Slip with the tongue. That's disgusting. No, I can't even look. Mouth. Right, gotcha. Now get out from behind there. You're ruining the painting. You're ruining right. my job. Stephanie. Data. Booty blinders. Ow. Guys, isn't that neat? And Chunk. Slot. They call themselves the Goonies. They've stumbled onto a legend, but they're not alone. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. No. That's the it. Sounds like Kong. Discover what they uncover. Lost map. The secret caves. Hey, Mikey, you can hear me. Run, run. They're coming after you. Juggler. The hidden clues. The treacherous traps. Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Take the oath. Join the adventure as Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Goonies from 1985. Let's get straight into the technical. This movie was directed by the late great Richard Donner. It was written by Chris Columbus. The budget for this movie was 19 million dollars. It brought in 125 million dollars at the box office. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 76 percent. Take it or leave it for whatever that is. Um. Let's talk about how I saw this movie as a child. I uh, believe I saw this movie at my at my grandmother's house. I had to be like no more than uh, five years old, but like five years old, maybe six, maybe six years old. But I remember seeing it at her house, and I remember instantly like falling in love with this movie. Like it, it captivated me. Like it caught my eye. 
like like this movie had like an adventure element and a whimsical spirit that like any kid that any kid would love like it's just like it's just like it's just got that thing that attracts kids to it you know like I don't, it's it's like a it's like an ice cream truck i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the ice cream truck of movies i don't know it just draws kids in but but yeah i used to love this movie as a kid but let's see how much i like this movie as an adult i like how this movie starts off because like you meet the goonies and the villains simultaneously uh like there's a car chase with the villains and you have like the kids in the background of that like like that was like brilliant directing by Richard Donner it's not it's not a lot because like it's not a lot of backstory you're not wasting your time with like 15 minutes of backstory learning these characters and all this stuff you just like meet the villains you meet the Fratellis like the Fratellis break out of prison um and like there's a car chase and then behind all of that, in the background of all of that, is the Goonies. Like, all the Goonies, you meet each one as as the car chase is going on. But, like, I was just, I just thought that was brilliant. That was very, very brilliant. I, a lot of movies, a lot of movies should, should I, won't, I don't want to say steal that, but it's a great, it's a great, um it's a great like thing to do when you don't know when you don't want to waste a lot of time you know when you don't want to waste a lot of time building characters and all that stuff like just do something where like you meet all the characters at the same time with something else is going on that affects all their lives you know like because that's what happened like you meet all these characters and like all these characters come together uh eventually and like i like that but just brilliant brilliant way of directing that scene richard richard donner is just it was like richard donner is just a fucking genius man but uh um but uh let's talk about the kids like first off i love how uh they just let these kids be kids i love that because i feel like uh nowadays like they won't let kids be kids they just want kids to be a parody of what they think kids are like in movies it's just like um and most of a lot of times like it's not real kids it's just um like the um as much as i love stranger things as much as i love stranger things like those kids are kind of weird like they don't act like kids you know, as much as I love, like, like I said, much as I love the Stranger Things kids, they're great, they're, they're great actors, but they don't act like children. They act like grown-ups in children's bodies, and that's not how kids act. Like, these are like kids, because, like, they're about the same, like, these kids are about the same age as the Stranger Things kids. They're about, like, like the age range is probably like 12 uh 12 to like 16 years old 
uh, I think that's the that's the age ranges of the kids. They're like about like twelve to sixteen, and like they act like real kids. They act like real kids. They act like real teenagers. You're like I like how natural these kids act. Like it reminded it reminded me of hanging out with my friends. Like like these kids are just goofy. They got potty mouths. Like they think they know the world, but they really don't know nothing. You know. <laughs> just just like real kids man like they think they know the world but they don't know nothing you know they really don't they really don't have a clue in the world <laughs> of what the world is they really don't but um the initial goonies like are all like neighborhood kids that like hang out with each other and like they kind of remind me of the little rascals a little bit like they kind of they kind of do like there's there's a little bit of little rascals element in this in this movie with these kids like they're very mischievous they're very mischievous they're always getting into something uh the initial goonies are uh mikey played by sean astin brad played by uh josh brolin mouth played by Corey feldman data played by kihu kwan and uh chunk played by jeff cohen uh, and the uh, plot of this movie is that the neighborhood that they live in is going under. Like everybody's losing their home. I think they're gonna like they're gonna plow down all the homes and make like a a, a, a country club. Like they're gonna make a country club. They're gonna make a golf course on their land, which sounds like gentrification to me. But I'm not having that conversation right now. So you know, <laughs> it was like this is not what this podcast is about. But um. The kids find a map that leads to buried treasure. Uh, Mikey believes that if they find that treasure, they could save their neighborhood. So uh, Mikey convinces the other kids to go look for the treasure, except his brother Brad, uh, who doesn't he doesn't believe that the treasure exists. You know, he's just like, man, he was like, he was like, I don't believe in that stuff, man. That's, that's, that's those are stories, those are myths. He's just like, right? He doesn't believe. So, uh, like Brad, Brad's the oldest. So like, and he's like, kind of like, he's kind of like, kind of like watching them. He's like, he's kind of like brother slash babysitter. So like, they got to get away from Brad. So, uh, they, they, they got to find a way to get away from Brad. Cause like Brad's gonna, Brad's gonna rat on them. If they go and try to find the treasure, go to this place, he's going to rat on them. He's going to tell on them. So, <laughs> so they got to find a way to get away from Brad. So they do that. Uh, Brad also has to, uh, uh, so pretty much like Brad has to go find his, has to go find his brother and his friends. You know, because like they 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 tie him up. They actually tie him up. Uh, the mom comes back and she finds him tied up, and like the, the other kids are gone, and she just pretty much like you got to go find your brother. Like if you don't go find your brother, you're gonna be in big trouble. So he has to go find Mikey and his friends. Uh, and, but like another thing about this, like Brad's also getting bullied. We don't go very much into that. But they, they they hint at the fact that Brad's getting bullied. Uh, like, he's getting bullied by this kid on the football team. Like, who uh, carries on the, the long-standing tradition of psychopathic bullies in movies. <laughs> you know? 
which is still going on to this day. Uh, like, like bullies that try to kill you, cause like he tri- he pretty much tries to kill Brad. He tries to kill Brad. Uh, by like like dumping him off of like Brad's on a bike, and he pretty much like dumps Brad off of a cliff on a bike. You don't know if he's gonna live or die. I was like, what? Like, what type of bullies are these in these movies, man? Like, I used to get bullied. I used to get bullied a lot, but I don't think any of my bullies ever tried to kill me. They just beat the shit out of me. You know, like, you know, it was either like, like they beat me up, or when they couldn't beat me up anymore because I got better at fighting. Eventually, uh, they couldn't beat me up. I got better at fighting eventually, so they just made fun of me. You know, like, it was never, there was never murder, like, going on, you know, like, there was ne- they never had the intents, they had never had the intentions of killing me, you know, <laughs> you know, so, like, it was just, like, beating me up, and then, like, they, they figured out, oh, man, this, he got better at fighting, he could kick my ass, so they just started making fun of me after that, you know, like, <laughs> Started making fun of what I liked and how I dressed and how I talked and all this stuff. And after that, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was never like, oh, we going to kill him. You know, <laughs> I ain't never, I never had, I never had like my life threatened by a bully ever. I mean, like they could have, they could have, they could have beat me to death, but it was, it never got to that point. They just wanted to beat me up. But anyway, like these goddamn, these goddamn psychopathic bullies, man. Like, I don't, I I don't know what these writers went through when they were kids, but I never went, I never went through that to that extent, you know, like never, never went to that through that. Um, anyway, like the boys run into the villains, the, uh, Fratellis and like these are some scary people. These are, these are some scary, scary people. Uh, Anne Ramsey, Joe Pantheon, Joe Pantheonalo. He has a hard name to pronounce. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Joey Pants. Like that's his. That's his. That's his industry name. Everybody calls him Joey Pants. I'm gonna call him Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Uh, you may know him as the. You may know him as Cipher from the Matrix. You may know him as the 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 captain, the lieutenant from Bad Boys. Uh, you know, like he he played all he played all those characters. He's on the Sopranos, like he did all of that. Uh, and uh, Robert uh, Robert Davy, uh, they play those characters. Uh, and like they really are not to be fucked with. Like they they are they are some ruthless individuals. They be hiding bodies and shit, <laughs> like just hiding bodies and freezers and dumping bodies like they killing feds and shit just like they're like i say ruthless individuals um i love the uh i love the dialogue in this movie and like how it's delivered like it's not really like the dialogue i love how it's delivered because the kids talk over each other and it sounds more natural than just one kid talks and waits for the other kid to talk because that's not how kids talk in real life. Like they, they, they talk over each other. They even 
even being in like a classroom, like it's like a whole bunch of kids. You ever get to a fun? You ever been in a function with a whole bunch of kids? Like it's a bunch of kids talking over each other. They always, they all, they always talking. They always talking. They never shut the fuck up. You know, so you know. And I like that these kids don't do that either. Like they just talking over each other. I love it. Um. Later in the movie, the boys are joined by joined on the adventure by uh, two girls who live in the neighborhood. Uh, Andy, played by Carrie Green, and Steph, played by Martha Plimpton. Uh, Brand also has a crush on Andy, by the way. Like that's his, that's 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 his that's his girl right there. <laughs> uh, there's a good portion of the movie where Chunk gets separated from the group and. He gets separated kind of like in a messed up way. <laughs> like, like the kids find a dead body. They find one of the dead bodies in the freezer. And uh, they leave Chunk in the freezer with the body. I like They don't notice that they left him in the in the freezer. But they leave him in the freezer. Like I'm just like, poor little Chunk. Poor, 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 poor little Chunk. Mm-mm-mm. But like, he ends up becoming like the standout character in this movie like whenever you think of goonies like chunk is the first thing that comes to mind you know like like whenever you think of this movie like he's he's kind of the mascot he's the mascot of this movie like he's he's not in the movie very much honestly like honestly he's like in the first half there's a good portion of the movie where chunk is not there like i said he gets separated from the group like the Fratellis catch him. Uh, the Fratellis catch him. They throw him in like a basement somewhere. Uh, they're about to kill him. Like they're about to cut his hand off. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is, this is, they're getting hardcore. I was like, I don't remember this. But um, yeah, man, that's a good portion of the movie where he's not in it. Like he he don't go on the adventure, the the, the adventure with the, with the rest of the kids. Like, he, he ain't not down, like, cause, like, they get stuck in a cave. He ain't down in the cave with them where all the good stuff happens. Like, he's not down there. Like, he's up there with the Fratellis. And, like, you don't see him for a good, I wanna say, you don't good see him for a good 20, 20, 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. You don't see him for a good while. But, like, like I say, he's the most recognizable character in this whole movie everybody knows chunk uh but the fratellis also have a deformed brother named sloth who i might say like he's probably the second most recognizable thing in this movie uh and he's not really in the movie very often like uh sloth's uh time i was about to say something else about sloth until like i really saw the amount of time that sloth is in this movie he's not in this movie a lot like he might have i want to say because you initially see him because mikey finds him when like they break into like the uh the, the kids break into the fatelli's like restaurant which is a front for murder and racketeering and money laundering um, they do all that shit. Um, uh, but, you know, but, because, like, Mikey initially, Mikey initially finds him, 
and like you don't really see what he looks like you just hear him and like, he's just going crazy and shit mikey sees him and he's just like oh shit what the he's like what the heck is that and he just runs out um but like that's the that's your first glimpse of sloth and then chunk sees sloth that's like the first time you see sloth when they throw the fratellis throw chunk in the in the basement with uh sloth that's the first time you see him and then towards the end when sloth comes and like saves the kids from the fratellis like that's it like he's got like three scenes and i don't know if that was by design i don't know if that was by nature because like sloth is a hideous looking being <laughs> and i guess they because like this movie's for kids and i guess they didn't want to scare kids by having that character on screen for so long uh because i know when, initially when i saw sloth i was kind of scared of him i was like what the what the heck um uh, but, but like i said second most recognizable the two characters that aren't in this movie very often are the two most recognizable characters in this whole damn movie impact just impact uh that's that's what i, that's what I think because if you want if you ask me like data data is the real mvp of this movie to me uh because I don't think they would have gotten as far as they did without Data. Like, Data was dope. I like Data. Data is like Batman. <laughs> Data had a gadget for any situation they was in. Like, for any situation they was in, Data had a gadget for it. Like, Data was the MVP. Data kept them alive. Like, they would have been dead without Data. <laughs> you know <laughs> Data, Data, Data is the true MVP. He the real MVP. Uh, plus he's the only Goonie of color, so, like, I had to root for, I had to root for Data, like, I wish there was a black Goonie, there's not a black Goonie, uh, I wish there was, but it's the 80s, and black people are invisible in the 80s, like, I've, I've reviewed a lot of 80s, uh, movies on this podcast, and, like I said, like, we are non-existent, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in movies in the 80s unless we make them unless we make the movies they don't give a fuck about us still like we are in the background like they do not care about black people in the 80s like like they are blatant with it like just they just blatantly do not care about black people in the 80s. I guess it reflects the 80s because they were blatantly not giving a shit about black people in the 80s in general. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but yeah, man, like, so, like, there's no black goonie. Like, I wish there was, I wish there was because, like, I had to vicariously live through uh, Data, a little Asian boy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not Asian, you know. You know, so, but he's the only he's the only goonie of color. So like I got the root for data. So but I'm glad those days are over and black people are getting a lot more roles. There's a black kid on Stranger Things. There's a black kid on Stranger Things. He has he has agency. Like they don't treat him just like the, they don't treat him just like the token black friend. You know, like he has his own storyline going. He gets a girlfriend. 
You know, like, like, like my man Lucas, I root for my man Lucas. My man Lucas got a, he had a girlfriend, a white girl. Uh, you know, like they let him have a white girl in the 80s. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, which was something that didn't happen in 80s movies. Um, I'm not advocating just like the fact that he had a white girl, but like, it's just like, wow. They just like, wow. They let him have a white girl in something that's set in the 80s that is that is wild and a hot one too like they gave him a hot white girl but he like they didn't give him an ugly one but anyway uh <laughs> but uh anyway yeah man but that's who that's who i that's who i had to root for i had to root for data like i said glad those days are over like i said we got lucas on stranger things doing his thing representing that's my man's right there uh at the roof of data like even though i was more of a mikey as a kid i was more of a mikey i was real like wholesome like real wholesome sweet kid you know like i wasn't really like a i wasn't really a troublemaker child i was like i was i was very wholesome and sweet and like whimsical type of kid you know like i wasn't I wasn't a kid that, like, got called into the principal's office, or, like, a kid that, I was always, I was always, I was a pretty, I was a pretty good kid growing up, I had, I had my little hiccups, as all kids do, like, not every kid, not, kids aren't perfect, like, Mikey's not perfect either, because he does his little, he does his little dirt too, but, you know, like, but every kid has a little dirt on him, but for the most part, I was, I was, like, for the most part, I wasn't a bad kid, um, I like how at the end of the movie, like the villains turn into the like Saturday morning cartoon villains. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, Mrs. Fratelli kind of turns into like Rita Repulsa <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> Where like she's talking about like, cause like whenever like Rita Repulsa would talk about the Power Rangers, she would have like, uh, like weird names for them. She's like those power twerps cause they're supposed to be kids. Like the Power Rangers are supposed to be children so uh so she was just like those power twerps and she used to call them that those little power punks she used to be like Rita Raposa used to call the power rangers that uh so like uh Ms. Ratelli she calls like the goonies like brats like I think because she throws um uh Andy because like they're on a pirate ship and she makes Andy walk the plank and then uh Brad jumps in and she's like well, that's two brats down. <laughs> she said. <laughs> she calls them brats. Uh, but yeah, like they turn into Saturday morning cartoon villains at, at towards the end, and they just get beat up and <laughs> like <laughs> and just outsmarted. Like they were, they were like cold-hearted killers at the beginning of the movie, but at the end of the movie, they're just so freaking incompetent. Uh. I guess because like at the end of the day this is a kids movie it's like kids movie like you can't make them too bloodthirsty like they, they can't just be like these cold-hearted bloodthirsty villains because these kids wouldn't have survived if they were like all them kids would be dead so i understand why they had to tone them down so they so the kids would have a better chance of defeating them so that's what that was um overall man i I still enjoyed this movie. I had a blast watching this movie. This movie's still fun. 
uh rich like i said richard donner did a great job directing these kids and making them feel real uh i love the camaraderie between the kids they feel like real friends uh like i like the because uh, i like uh at one point like they're going into the fratelli's um when they're going into the fratelli's restaurant uh which is a front by the way um I like that Mikey and Data, like, there's like this little, there's this little cute, like, moment with Mikey and Data, Mikey and Data, like, they're, like, hugging each other, and, like, they like, holding each other, and, like, got these arms around each other's shoulders, and, like, they just skipping, they, like, they just skipping, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, that's kids, I'm like, they made them feel real, I'm like, they real, they're like, those are real kids, um, but yeah, man, like I like I like that I like that element of those kids. Like they made them feel like real friends. Uh it's amazing to see how successful like some of those kids went on went on to be. I mean, like you just watched uh Kihu Kwan win an Oscar. Uh Josh Brolin and Sean Astin like went on to have very successful adult careers in acting. Um you could probably call them. You could probably call them nepo babies too, though. By the way, that's probably a reason why, because uh, Josh Brolin is uh, James Brolin's son, and his stepmother is Barbara Streisand. <laughs> that could help too. Uh, and Sean Astin, uh, his mom was uh, this old uh, actress named Patty Duke, and his dad is the original Gomez Adams, uh, John Astin. John Aston is his is his father. So they kind of got the nepotism on their side too, but very successful adult careers for both uh Josh and Sean. Uh Jeff Cohen is a successful lawyer now. You know, like he's out here, he out here making moves. Uh the, Jeff Cohen is the guy that played Chunk. He lost weight. He looks like Jason Statham now. Look up pictures of Jeff Cohen now. He looks just like goddamn Jason Statham now. Oh, you know what? <laughs> It's amazing because he was a fat kid. He was a little fat kid that they made fun of, and now he looks like Jason Statham. I was like, he's the most fit, good-looking one. You know what? You know, you're like he looks like the transporter now. Um, but yeah, man, like he's he's doing that now. He out here making moves. Uh, Corey Feldman is a Michael Jackson impersonator. You know, like they all found success in their own right, man. They all found some sort of success. But yeah, man, I definitely recommend this movie. If you haven't seen it in a long time, go watch it. It's fun. Great, great movie. Uh, If you've never seen it, what are you waiting for? Go see it right now. Go watch it. Uh, This movie gets a strong five out of five. Perfect movie. Uh, join me next week when I will be talking about 1993's The Sandlot. Until next time, peace.